Hello, welcome to Okawa Book Club. So we're your hosts, I'm Dylan. I'm John. And we're going to be discussing the teachings of Riho Okawa. Riho Okawa is a world teacher, master, and CEO of Happy Science Group. Hello and welcome to Okawa Book Club. Today's episode is on Shakyamuni Buddha's future prediction, including spiritual interview with John Lennon and messages from Metatron and Yidron. Wow, that's a very fascinating book, I would think. Don't you think, John? Oh, absolutely. A lot going on. And uh, I mean, what a rare treat to be <laughs> to experience a spiritual message from Shakyamuni Buddha. He doesn't bring too many of them. Yeah, definitely. So let's just get straight into it. So today we're going to be talking about these different spirits. Chapter 1, Shakyamuni Buddha's Future Prediction. Then we have Chapter 2, Spiritual Messages from John Lennon. Uh, chapter 3, which contains messages from Metatron and Yidron. So there's three real chapters here, and I think today let's take it chapter by chapter and talk about the different perspectives that these high spirits and extraterrestrial beings are giving to us. If you don't know about our spiritual interview series, I ask you to listen to our episode about Trump and Biden's guardian spirits. And if you don't know about extraterrestrial readings, I ask you to listen to our podcast about With Savior. There you'll understand the, the methods and how these messages are portrayed and given. So, John, we have, as you said, Shakyamuni Buddha, his future prediction. And this prediction, this word prediction, it doesn't just mean a fixed prophecy, what will happen. It's creative in a certain way. His words are helping to create the future, but it's also fluid in that some of these things can be altered depending on the decisions of humankind. So, in anyways, what is Shakyamuni Buddha's future prediction? What is the message or the theme of this chapter? Well, Shakyamuni does uh, discuss the coronavirus as it's happening right now. And uh, he makes a point of saying that we are now living in a world ruled by death, where we are all seeing more death perhaps than we are accustomed to and thinking about death more than we are accustomed to. And in a way, I, I see this as a continuation of Shakyamuni Buddha's original teachings, where, you know, he, he explained to the world that suffering is an inevitability. And... You know, people may try to avoid it, but it is going to happen. And one of the main reasons that suffering is an inevitability in life is because uh, we're all going to experience a physical death. And well, every so will everybody we know. So this point in time, you know, we're having a reminder of that. So it's as though Shakyamuni is bringing his teaching he made 2,500 years ago into a contemporary framework that mm. we can, to remind us, you know, and ultimately, I think that the, the purpose of that is to, you know, this is happening, or at least one reason maybe, is to bring us back to having a sense of faith and to remind us that the death of the physical body is not the death of the eternal body, which mm. can't die. Yeah. Yeah, that's really important. And, you know, Buddhism is maybe the religion which talks about death in the most uh, unemotional way. And... You know, Buddha famously preached, life has four pains, birth, aging, illness, and death. We can escape illness, definitely. We can escape death, definitely. We're dealing with a coronavirus pandemic, and we're dealing with, you know, natural disasters, 
wars and all these catastrophes happening around the world. But through this Buddhist enlightening perspective, we can kind of become a little bit more unattached and unemotional to these things and just strive to fulfill our mission in life and to turn the wheel of Dharma in this material world, no matter what our circumstances or environment looks like. You know, this country, America, is famous for its positive thinking, but I think this element of Buddhism can kind of weave its way into America and really help us gain a more realistic perspective about these things that cause suffering and so that we don't have to escape from them through things like drugs or alcohol, but we can handle such negative events in a sober and modest way. I think that's a great point, Dylan. And it's funny, you know, talking about uh, Buddhism becoming integrated into the United States, I think that there has been a resurgence of that, I would imagine, from about the 1960s and onwards. Mm-hmm. But I would say that a lot of the time people here are interested in Buddhism, they are they tend to be sometimes more to the left politically. Mm-hmm. And they sort of imagine uh, Shakyamuni Buddha as being like this liberal type of hippie, you know, in the... I think um, Shakyamuni's Buddha's for, uh, future prediction really demonstrates that that isn't the personality of Shakyamuni at all. Mm. You know, he had a very uh, managerial, very, you know, almost severe manner about himself mm. and uh, continues to. You know, he's he says it how it is. He's not sugarcoating anything. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. He's very stoic and very strict or even uh, stern in his predictions, but... That also is valuable for humankind because we want to, we want everything to be sugar-coated. We want to spoil ourselves. We want to corrupt ourselves unknowingly. And we have to keep reminding ourselves of the danger of such a life. You know, Buddha also famously taught that pleasure eventually leads to pain. And he taught a middle way, which is between pain and pleasure, which is the true way for human beings. So he talked about how this world is vulgar and how the gods of death are taking over. And he talked about even things about like uh, nuclear winter or the 8 billion people on earth all being conceded. It sounds so harsh and maybe we want to shrivel up like a slug when we hear that. (laughs) But actually, if we have the maturity and the religious character to be able to take those messages to heart, they could really benefit us a lot. Absolutely. You know, I mean, uh, there are times when criticism is needed. And, uh, you know, especially if you are an adherent of of Buddhism on any level, you know, taking what Shakyamuni has to say into consideration, I think is so important. And that's, you know, part of his predictions are, uh, you know, they're not necessarily set in stone. You know, it's, you know, like at one point he, he describes that if humanity continues to create a hellish atmosphere where there's no sense of faith and every decision in society is governed by purely materialist, atheistic and secular values, you know, that will create a hellish envi- atmosphere and environment that will attract the uh, spirits and the energies of the hell realm into this world. And he says that if that continues to happen, the population of humanity will probably decrease through things like this, you know, coronavirus. But at the same time, he also says now is a chance for humanity to change its direction 
And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we are at the beginning of the golden age. And, mm -hmm. you know, it is a time of destruction, but it's also a time of reconstruction. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, there's a lot of hope in his message, even though he says it how it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, one example of where he says it, it is how it is, is that he said, hospitals have become shrines and doctors have become gods. So in one meaning, the new religion is in a kind of medical faith. Of course, that's not to put down doctors. They're working very hard. But the idea of medicine, modern medicine, is that human bodies are machines which need a kind of repair. And they give it various medicines to cause these physical organs to recover. But Buddha teaches that... The soul is the real self. The physical body is just a shadow or an illusion. And this world is filled with many misunderstandings and delusions. So what we think is a high value could actually be something which is totally irrelevant from the spiritual perspective. These kinds of shocking statements are made throughout this book. Absolutely. You know, I'm sure you read through this book and you saw some other shocking statements, but... Let's move on to our next chapter because we actually have a message from John Lennon. John Lennon from the Beatles, right? And that's kind of interesting. Why does Master Okawa have a connection with John Lennon? Well, it's because we found John Lennon is a very high spirit whose mission was to spread the power of love through music. And he really changed the history of the world. So, John, what does John Lennon talk about in his chapter um well john lennon's uh you know spiritual interview he was kind of pretty pessimistic about humanity right now if i'm not mistaken he said that we should just strive towards nirvana all of us so that we can avoid uh being reborn into this world <laughs> he says you know, i think he believed the only way we could really have a world of peace is if people return to living more primitively his personal opinion was that the coronavirus was sent from heaven in order to kill off a large amount of humanity and, you know, that was kind of the attitude he was taking. It was very interesting and not not entirely similar to Shakyamuni Buddha, who I think had more of a sense of hope, even though he was presenting the dire potential consequences of humanity's behavior. Yeah, definitely. So Buddha gave it as it was. He gave a straight message. I think John Lennon takes just like a, a nonchalant approach. Right. Not uh, everything is as you think it is or just life is how you make it. And he just kind of said a lot of pessimistic things, but almost like unattached to how the world is going. Right. Yeah, no, he did. He was kind of stoic about it. Yeah. <laughs> like lighthearted. Like, right. You know, he actually, he was talking about YouTube actually in here. This is one point I want to bring up. He said he's thinking from heaven where he is right now about crushing YouTube. <laughs> he said YouTube and the coronavirus are basically the same. You don't need it. You don't need it at all. You don't need to post your own personal tweets either, you know. And he said it's just garbage and a waste of time and a waste of life. It sounds really harsh to us <laughs> like millennials, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, but actually, from the perspective of maybe a spiritual being who knows the truth of the spirit world and how the soul functions, maybe those things don't matter. Maybe he's right about that. John Lennon, he also talked about the face masks that we wear in coronavirus time. He said... Viruses are small. Face masks can keep out bacteria, but not viruses. 
So it's ridiculous to wear masks. Masks won't block anything. Masks can keep saliva from being sprayed, that's all. So viruses won't be blocked. You know, he takes uh, an approach that this corona response is silly and human beings are acting kind of uh, strangely. <laughs> Maybe most people that hear that would be shocked and appalled by such a statement, thinking, you know, I, I hate those people that don't wear masks and they're right. putting their germs on me. But he's right about that. Viruses are very microscopic organisms that can travel through thin cloth. Right. Very so simply. Essentially, you know, it's almost like a placebo effect. Right. <clears throat> and I think, uh, you know, like I, you see on the news sometimes they discuss that people aren't wearing masks and whatnot. I mean, I don't know about you, Dylan, but wherever I go, I see most people wearing masks, even when they're walking outside. Mm -hmm. um, and yet the you know numbers at times continue to fluctuate, sometimes mm -hmm. go up. So I don't know how related it is to the mask wearing. <laughs> yeah, that it's almost like the message that John Lennon is giving is just look at how silly humankind has become. We think we're being serious, but actually from another perspective, we are like absurd in our common sense. I even know of a certain governor of a certain state that said you should wear masks while you're eating in a restaurant. Every bite you have to put the mask back on and chew with your mouth closed. <laughs> These kind of things are absurd on their face, but I think we're becoming brainwashed by this materialistic, scientific, and medical-based civilization that anything that we hear on the news and from academia and from the medical professionals is the truth. And anything that comes out of religion is outdated or ancient. Right. And I, you know, I think it goes back to the idea of the middle way. You know, I mean, there is some relevance to what, you know, the scientists have to say, what the you know, modern medicine has to say. But there's also a lot of relevance to what religion has to say. Mm. And uh, one without the other is not going to give you the full equation. Right. Yeah, that's true. Well, that's some messages from John Lennon. There's, of course, many more. But let's go on to the third and final chapter. We have two space beings. One we introduced last time, or we introduced in a recent episode, that is Yidron. Another extraterrestrial being is called Metatron. Actually, the name Metatron has become somewhat popularized through smaller religious communities or spiritual groups. And essentially, Metatron is a being of love. He is a great space savior who gives the light of love across the universe. And he's actually, fascinatingly enough, connected to Jesus Christ's space soul. I'm going to leave that there for now. We'll go back to that. but Interesting stuff, though. Yeah, it's very fascinating. John, so what can you tell me about what Metatron had to say? One thing that stuck out to me about what Metatron was talking about was that he was saying that right now he and beings like himself, you know, messianic type of space beings, are working to create miracles in this world that will hopefully awaken humanity to return to having a sense of faith. One thing, he also, he didn't really have, uh, compared to the earlier, you know, the previous two messages in the book, Metatron was, I thought, I felt very compassionate, mm. you know, um, and, and loving. Mm. You know, he was essentially saying that we don't really need to worry that much, that the right teachings are going to spread like a virus, you know, emphasizing mm. uh, happy science. And, uh, you know, that as long as we keep working, you know, those of us who know the truth keep working to spread the truth, things will be okay. 
Yeah, forward. it's really heartwarming. It is, yeah. Just not too long later, it transitions to another space being, right? So that's Yidron. Right. So what did Yidron have to say? Uh, Yidron really emphasized and affirmed that, you know, faith in God has to be stronger than faith in a virus. Mm. And it really makes sense. And it also uh, reaffirms the idea that of the immunity through faith, mm. which uh, Happy Science has been promoting for some time now throughout mm. this year. You know, and if you think about it, if you're any type of religious or spiritual person, why would you put greater faith in a microscopic organism compared to God, you know, the ultimate mm. creator and deity? That just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's as you everything you said, it's all incredibly powerful. Yeah, so he talked about the God of the universe. There's a God of the entire universe. In one way, we tend to think like, you know, limitedly, but Yitron again in this message is trying to have us think bigger. Think about the real God, the God of origin, the God of creation. And then comparing that power against the power of a microscopic virus, which we cannot even see with our human eye. So he asks us, he questions us, which do we think is stronger as humans? Personally, which do you, listener of this podcast, think is stronger? That will determine how you live your life and how you react to this current crisis phenomenon. Anyways, I was so thankful that we were given such amazing messages from these incredible space beings. Very humbling. Yeah, and in some ways I feel a sense of regret that we have to rely on these great beings to save us because humankind keeps making mistakes. We, we shouldn't have to rely on, upon these beings, but they're out of their own compassion and mercy, they're coming to us. So yeah, and it should it should you know show us a sense of humility that we are still a very young species and we have so much further to go. Yeah, so much more to learn as well. And you can also learn more on okawabooks.com. It was great talking to you again, John. Likewise, Dylan. In these trying times, stay happy, healthy, and positive.